Sup, Buzznet. In reference to the podcast, here again. This time it's for Murder Monday. It is. Let me try to quietly grab my phone. It's Amanda's turn to talk. My name is Amanda. My name's Heather. And we are... The In Reference to Podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what to say there. Um... Brody is sitting behind me, staring directly into my soul. Who do we think will score Penn's first goal today? Give me a number. 23. That's nobody on our team. (laughs) 13. I don't know if that's somebody on our team. We used to have a 13, but I think he just... The only number I know off the top of my head is 86. Who's that? 87. 87. 86 wasn't that high as a word. Yes. No, we have a 12 and a 17, and I think they're both injured right now. Is there a 24? No. There's 25? A 27. I'll do 27. Okay, he's a pretty good player, so I'm okay with that. Who is it? Well, if I could say his last name, I would, but his first name's Nick. But it's, well, well hold on, I have to go back there. Nick B. J U G S T A D. I think it's Boogstad, but Boogstad. That just sounds like it's mostly consonants. Is <laughs> he from? Where's he from? I'm not, I'm opening that up because I knew that was going to be your next question. You'll never, you'll never believe it. Russia. Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> really? Like born and raised. Born July 17th, 1992, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Huh. He's a youngin. He's a tallin. 6'6". Six, six. I would be legitimate, like... That's like a foot and an inch taller than me. That's a foot and two inches taller than me. Crazy. Okay, so now that we've talked about the penguins for three minutes. All right, let's get to some crime. Tell me yes, a good crime story. I will. So my sources are BuzzFeed, YouTube. The video is Father and Son Murders, Joseph Callinger, The Shoemaker, Serial Killer Files number 32. So, spoiler alert, he's a serial killer. Um, I also use Wikipedia, Murderpedia, The New York Times, I did a lot of research on this. Is it more than a page? I don't think so. (laughs) It might be. But I do want to start by saying, as I did the research on this one, I realized that other podcasts that I listen to, at least, have covered Joseph Callinger. So I'm sorry. But I hadn't remembered that. And I was on BuzzFeed's 50 Serial Killers that'll keep you up at night or something along those lines comforting yeah um and he was the person he was the most terrifying serial killer from pennsylvania according to them so also local not local not local no he's philadelphia yeah <laughs> i realize that we probably will lose all of our philly listeners i'm sorry it's not our fault they're from there <laughs> i'm a serial killer not the listeners you're like, sorry, not my fault you were born there. It's fine. 
Sorry, not my fault that you bleed green and white and not black and yellow. We still love you anyway. Sorry if this becomes something you've already listened to, because I do know, and that's why we drink. Covered Everybody it. has their own spin on it. Well, my spin is Wikipedia. <laughs> Joseph Callinger was born Joseph Lee Brenner III on December 11th, 1935, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Not sure if it was... Born and raised in West Philadelphia. Don't know if he spent most of his days playing on the playground. He was placed up for adoption in December of 1937 when his father left the family and his mom couldn't afford to support him. Babies, man. Don't have them. (laughs) On October 15th, 1939, he was adopted by Stephen and Anna Callinger. Um, His adoptive parents were extremely abusive. They beat him for little things and were also verbally abusive. Then why have a child? Yeah, why adopt a child? Like, even, yeah. like, accidentally. Like, he wasn't a whoops-a-daisy. He was like, we paid to get him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, they would lock him in a closet, make him kneel on rocks, they'd whip him, and they would starve him. When he was six, he had to have surgery to fix a hernia that was supposedly caused by the abuse. And when he came home, his parents tortured him and told him that the doctor had fixed his little bird to imply he would be impotent. So, that's great, because he was six. Again, why have a kid? I don't don't understand why you would adopt a kid. Like, why adopt a kid and then literally make their life a living hell? Yeah. Like, this is your fault that he became a serial killer. Kind of. Uh, so he was not allowed to enjoy normal activities as a child, like playing with neighborhood kids. Instead, he worked at his family's shoe store so that he would someday be able to take over. At the age of nine, he was sexually assaulted at knife point by three neighborhood boys. He refused to tell his parents, afraid that they would beat him for not going straight home after running an errand. That's so sad. I, I don't understand. Like... I don't want to feel bad because I know what he turned into. But, like, but... you feel bad that, like, he became, like, this is why he did what yeah. he, like, he became what he is. Yeah. He stole money from his parents and bribed others to go to the movies with him, but he was caught and his parents burned his fingers on the stove to burn the theft demons out of his fingertips. Oh, my God. But it didn't work and he kept stealing the money because that's how bad he wanted a friend. Oh. I know, right? Like, that's so sad. It's like that double-edged sword, like, you don't want to like him, like, you don't want to feel bad, but, like, you kind of have to feel bad at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but maybe you could do a story on the theft demons and his fingertips. I'll have to look up and see if that's a thing. It probably is. It might be, yeah. As a teenager, he wanted to be a playwright and rebelled against his parents and teachers and started as Ebenezer Scrooge at a local theater. His parents eventually started to let him go to the theater, and that's where he met Hilda Bergman at age 15. Although his parents disapproved of their relationship, at the age of 17 in 1952, he dropped out of school and married Hilda. They had two children, but divorced in 1956 because, shocker, I know, I'm glad you're sitting down because you're going to fall over for this one. There was domestic abuse. I can't imagine why. <laughs> um, a year later, he was hospitalized. Joseph was hospitalized due to stress bro- brought on by the divorce. But on Hitler's birthday in 1958, 
Oh, that's not what everybody else associates 420 with? Oh, just me? Okay, weird. I'm proud of myself that I knew what date it was. Um, so on April 20th, 1958, he married his second wife, Elizabeth, who he had five children with. I don't know if they had condoms in 1958. Well, then apparently his parents did not fix his little bird. No, no, they did not. Um, he set fire to his family home five times from 1958 to 1967 to collect the insurance money on them. Yeah, anyway. Oh, I typed trail on here instead of trial. Great. In 1972, he was arrested for child abuse when he branded his eldest daughter for running away, but he was found incompetent to stand trial. Trial, not trail. And he was. Couldn't stand on the trail. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he was found to be a paranoid schizophrenic. His children later recanted their allegations and Joseph was released. Around 1974, he began hearing the voice of God. He claimed this voice told him he had to kill young boys and sever their genitals. He then recruited his 13-year-old son, Michael, to help him. I feel like that's not what God's about. No, no, no. Maybe the devil was contacting him, but not, I don't think God would. Um, his first, I believe his first victim was a 9 or 10-year-old boy, Jose Colazzo. Um, he was a young Puerto Rican boy. Joseph and Michael tortured the boy and severed his genitals and then strangled him. So it sounded like God wants you to kill them and then sever them. Not do it while they're alive. Yeah, but he didn't listen. In 1974, his, I think it was his eldest son, Joseph Jr., which I'm not sure how that works because he was Joseph the third. I guess maybe the last name changed. He named his son Joseph Jr. I don't know. So his son was found dead in the rubble of a build. Yeah, in the rubble of a building. Two weeks after Joseph had taken out a life insurance policy on him. The insurance company suspected foul play and did not pay him. Uh, It was reported that Joseph and Michael, Joseph the dad and Michael, drowned Joseph the son and then dumped his body. They were not arrested due to lack of evidence. On November 22nd, they broke into a house, but no one was home. And this was 1974. That same day, they broke into Joan Cardi's home, and Joseph sexually assaulted her. Two weeks later, they broke into a home in Susquehanna Township and took five women playing bridge hostage. And they stole $20,000 of cash and jewelry at knife point. And homie... Why would you have that much stuff on you? Thank you. <laughs> Play, especially if you're just, like, out playing bridge. Like, like you playing poker. Like, you don't need that kind of stuff. That, that's, like, high-stakes poker. <laughs> I was like, damn, I don't even think I have $20,000 worth of shit in my house. Let alone cash and jewelry. I definitely know I don't have $20,000 in cash and jewelry. No. Might or- have... Not even that, like, including, like, electronic stuff. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, I don't have money here. So if you do triangulate where I live, don't break in, because you can have some seashells from Florida. You can have a jar of scent beads. Yeah. <laughs> some shot glasses. Yeah, that's about it. Um, mm, I mean, my 
holiday barbie collection isn't worth twenty thousand dollars but gonna have some slime yeah we do have slime acrylic paintings hey those are priceless i'm priceless not according to my mom but (laughs) i'm a million dollars to my mom for that life insurance policy she has out on me i feel like that's a little high think so i think that was i don't know i didn't pay for it i'm sure my life insurance policy is like enough to cover a funeral my work one isn't a million dollars but the one my mom has on me i believe is a mil cool mil so colin or my mom kill me i'm bobby point the fingers but if for some reason i don't return from vegas You'll know why. I probably won't be returning either. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so they take these old, I'm assuming old women playing bridge hostage. Uh, then they traveled to Homeland, Maryland, which probably smelled like chlorine and dirt. And held Pamela Jasky, I think is how I say her last name, at gunpoint and forced her to perform oral sex on Joseph. On January 6th, they did the same thing to Mary Rudolph at her home in Dumont, New Jersey. The crime spree ended on January 8th, 1975, when they entered the Romaine house. 28-year-old Edwina D.D. Wiseman was home with her 3-year-old son, Robert, and her 90-year-old grandmother. Joseph and Michael entered the home at knife and gunpoint and forced D.D. and her son upstairs, where they stripped them naked and tied them to the bed, which, like... Leave everybody alone, but leave the three-year-old out of it. Like the 90-year-old grandma. Well, it didn't say that she was stripped naked. It probably would have taken too long. Yeah, I. so I don't know if she was just tied up. I'm not sure what happened to the 90-year-old grandmother. Um, Soon after they were done tying up Dee Dee and her son, her Dee Dee's sister, Randy, returned to the house, and she too was taken soft. (laughs) hostage and bound like her sister and nephew Dee Dee's mother Edwina her sister Retta and Retta's boyfriend Frank Welby returned to the home and these three were also taken hostage after the pair finished binding the last three up they searched the house for valuables and then there was a knock at the door Maria Fashing who was a neighbor and nurse came over to help take care of the grandmother um but instead she was taken hostage. Joseph then forced her and Frank into the basement and slit Maria's throat. Retta testified to hearing Maria scream, he's hurting me, help me, I'm drowning. Which, I don't know if the drowning is what I would think I was doing, but I don't know. There were some articles that reported that Maria was sexually assaulted, and one said that Joseph ordered her to bite Frank's penis off, and when she refused, that's when he slit her throat. So, regardless, he killed her, which is terrible. Edwina's... Edwina's hands had not been bound, and she managed to get to the porch and scream for help, so that was Dee Dee's mother. Not the grandmother. The grandmother's daughter. You following? I got you. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Okay. Michael signaled to his father that someone was coming and the two left. 
They got on a bus after dumping their weapons and a blood-stained t-shirt. Joseph and Michael came under suspicion after police found the t-shirt and witness sketches matched their description. Apparently, they were, like, walking down the street holding hands. I don't know. That's what I read. Um, and, like, so people on the streets found it weird because there was, like, this teenage boy holding his dad's hand while they were walking down the yeah, street. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, on January 17th, 1975, police arrested Joseph, Michael, and the 11-year-old son, James, on charges of kidnapping, rape, burglary, and Maria's murder. James was later released after concluding that he was, was not the son involved in the crimes. Once in jail, Joseph began acting out and claimed he had been alive for a thousand years. Do you remember this at all? I feel like parts of it, like, I think whenever you said about, like, in the beginning about them, they fixed him. Like, I remember that, but, like, the rest of it. He was alive for a thousand years as, are you ready for it? Not a vampire. A butterfly. Jesus Christ. A butterfly. (laughs) A butterfly. Butterflies don't live that long. Well, apparently, he had been alive for a thousand years as a butterfly and was on a mission from God. Well, he ain't a butterfly anymore. (laughs) No. Actually, you just waited. He's a caterpie. Boom. What? Is he a shiny caterpie? (laughs) No, he ain't that special. Uh, during his first trial, he was found to be schizophrenic. Um... <laughs> oh, did you lose your spot? Well, okay. During his first trial, he was found to be schizophrenic by psychologists, but found fit to stand trial. He was found guilty on September 18th, 1975 of burglary, robbery, and kidnapping, and sentenced to 30 to 80 years. His second trial... Again, typed trail, which included charges for Maria's death, his son's death, and the death of Jose Colosso, commenced on September 13, 1976. He was found guilty on October 14, 1976, and sentenced to life in prison. He was committed to a mental hospital in 1979 after numerous violent incidents and suicide attempts. At some point, though, he was moved to a state correctional institution in Pennsylvania, and he died on March 26, 1996, of heart failure and a seizure. Guess where? Pennhurst. No. Oh. Well, closer to home. Well, closer to home. I know I should know it. Yeah, you should. It's Hanbury County? He died at SCI Crescent. Oh, no shit. Yeah, shit. So he died on March 26, 1996 there, which made me semi-excited that I was doing this right now because it's like, oh, I can publish it like right around that date. And then I was like looking and I was like, no, because we have all those episodes recorded. But anyway, Um, his son, Michael, was found to be under the control of his father and was given a much lighter sentence uh, and was sentenced to a youth detention center. He was released at the age of 21 and upon his release, changed his name and moved out of state. Which, homie, I don't blame you. Um, I would erase any connection. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's considered a serial killer because he supposedly killed three people, but he's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, the sexual assault thing is 
You're like making like oh if you don't like bite this dude's dick off like I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, which I can't cooperate. Cooperate? Yeah, a hundred percent because it was only in one article, but it was like she he kept forcing her head towards his penis and she would like refuse. I'd be like, let me do it to you and see how you like it. Frank Wright's probably like, woo, <laughs> woo. Dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> I'll live to screw another day. Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Um, so apparently he's the most terrifying serial killer in Pennsylvania. I'm going to say. How um, many are there from Pennsylvania? I don't know. I don't know those stats. This is information we need to know. Okay, don't just put me on the spot and be like, I Tell live me the here. Stats. Okay, well then you do the fucking research. I don't want to. Bitch, don't come at me. So, what you got for us on Freaky Friday? It's a special one that you've requested. The one that you I asked and you said no? Yeah. Rude. I, well, you like, I, that's literally the only one you asked for. I know. Because I don't know about haunted stuff. We're going to be talking about the six gates of hell. Seven. Seven gates of hell on freaky friday and until then you can find us on instagram at in reference to podcast on twitter at in reference to at gmail at in reference to podcast at gmail.com because i am still waiting for that first email somebody come on somebody be the lucky first just send me a creepy story um and you can also find us on patreon help support us in ins- and in Wikipedia, not Instagram. Yeah, Instagram doesn't. <laughs> Instagram doesn't need any help. No. Um, at patreon.com backslash in reference to. Heather also wants you to join as the punny 20. I think she would be elated to announce somebody joined as the punny 20. So I could give them puns. Yeah, weirdo. Okay. Um, until next time. <laughs>